I invite you to remain standing as you are able for the reading of God's holy word. Today, it comes from the book of 1 Samuel chapter 1, um, and we're going to actually begin with verse 4. Whenever the day came for Elkanah to sacrifice, he would give portions of the meat to his wife Peninnah and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah, he gave a double portion because he loved her and the Lord had closed her womb. Because the Lord had, had closed Hannah's womb, her rival kept provoking her to irritate her. This went on year after year. Whenever Hannah went up to the house of the Lord, her rival provoked her till she wept and would not eat. Her husband Elkanah would say to her, Hannah, why are you weeping? Why don't you eat? Why are you downhearted? Don't I mean more to you than 10 sons? Once they had finished eating and drinking and Shiloh, Hannah stood up. Now Eli, the priest, was sitting on his chair by the doorpost of the Lord's house. In her deep anguish, Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly. And she made a vow saying, Lord Almighty, if you will only look on your servant's misery and will remember me and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life and no razor will ever be used on his head. As she kept on praying to the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was praying in her heart and her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. And so Eli thought she was drunk and said to her, how long are you going to stay drunk? Put away your wine. Not so, my Lord, Hannah replied. I am a woman who is deeply troubled. I have not been drinking wine or beer. I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. Do not take your servant for a wicked woman. I have been praying here out of my great anguish and grief. Eli answered, go in peace. And may the God of Israel grant you what you have asked of him. She said, may your servant find favor in your eyes. Then she went her way and ate something and her face was no longer downcast. Early the next morning they arose and worshiped before the Lord and then went back to their home in Ramah. Elkanah made love to his wife Hannah and the Lord remembered her. So in the course of time, Hannah became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel, saying, because I asked the Lord for him. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Will you join me in an attitude of prayer? 
God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So this weekend, I had the immense joy of setting up my house for Christmas. It's a little bit early, and up until the years before the pandemic, I had been adamant that you should not decorate before Thanksgiving. Um, that that, that I, I was adamant, perhaps a little aggressively so, um, that you should not decorate for Christmas before Thanksgiving. But then this pandemic happened, and last year I said, I am going to decorate my house early because I like twinkle lights and they give me joy. Um, and so this weekend I began the process of decorating my home. And indeed it was a time that gave me great joy as I put ornaments on the tree and plugged in those twinkle lights. But I have recognized in conversations with friends and in conversations with family that while that is a joyful time for me, I know for many, the holidays bring a very complicated set of emotions. If it is a first holiday without a loved one, or if the holiday itself brings up memories of a one who has been lost, that grief can come bubbling up inside of us. If we are experiencing strained relationships with parents or siblings or family members, it can be a difficult time. If we are going through moments of depression and anxiety and struggle, and it seems like the whole world is celebrating with joyful exuberance, we can feel isolated and alone. And so that can be a very difficult thing for us to name and to share. Especially in the world of social media, where we put on our best, we put our best foot and our best faces forward, it can often be difficult to offer up what we're really going through to those around us. Sometimes even in the church, it can be difficult to offer up our full selves. But, if we are able to do that, if we are able to approach God, to approach trusted loved ones, to find the courage to speak our anguish, our griefs, our struggles, I believe that we can begin to find healing in a way that we cannot even explain because it's a healing that comes from God. In our scripture lesson for today, we encounter Hannah. We encounter Hannah in a time for the people Israel that was filled with chaos. Later on in the book of Samuel, it tells us that at that time, the word of the Lord was rare. The word of the Lord was rare. People struggled to hear God speaking to the people Israel like they had heard God speaking before in the good old days, right? That things were not the way that they were before and people were struggling with that. Eli, the priest, the one that was supposed to be the holy conduit to God, his sons began to do some really terrible stuff. 
The religious institution was doing harm. Life was in chaos. The world was in chaos around the people of Israel and they collectively were struggling. And then we encounter Hannah who is struggling, yes, with the big picture and with being part of the people of Israel as they are going through this difficult time, but also with her own inner turmoil of being unable to bear children. To be unable to bear children at that point in history would have been a very, very, very big deal for a woman. It would have meant that not only did she have no status in society, not only uh, was she perhaps considered sinful or unclean, that God had punished her uh, with a closed womb, as uh, this translation of Samuel says, but she also, not being able to bear children, would have no one to take care of her in her old age. She would have had no legacy to be given. And I can imagine that for Hannah, being the second wife and seeing the life that she wanted so close to her with the children of her husband's other wife, seeing that life that she wished that she had so close, it would have caused her great pain and anguish. We're told that her pain and her anguish is, is so great but that she cannot find understanding with those around her. Certainly the other wife was not there for her in her time of need. And even her own husband, as well-meaning as he was, Elkanah could not understand the pain that she's goes through as he asks her, aren't I enough? Aren't I worth more than 10 cents? He could not understand her pain and her grief. And so she went before one whom she thought could understand. One whom she thought could be there for her. She goes before God. And she goes before God and bears her soul. Bears her anguish and her grief. The fact that she is troubled beyond anything that anyone around her can possibly understand. She comes into God's house, the Lord's house, this holy sanctuary of places and bears her entire self. And again, one around her doesn't seem to understand as Eli the priest comes, assuming from her muttering words that she's drunk and tells her to stop it. Stop being drunk. Get up, you know, get up. Stop it. And she says, I'm not drunk. I am in anguish. I am in pain. I'm hurting. And I am laying myself bare before God. And it is that point when Eli the priest offers her a blessing. Offers her a blessing to go in peace. Offers her an invitation to receive the peace of God. And Hannah, for the first time, is seen. For the first time, her pain and her anguish and her fears and her anxiety and that deep, that deep hurt inside 
is felt and received by another. And then we are told in verse 18 that Hannah says, may your servant find favor in your eyes. And she went her way and ate something and her face was no longer downcast. In other words, when she receives that blessing, when someone receives her hurt, she is able to eat something and she is able to go in peace. And yes, down the road, she is able to bear a child, but that's not where her peace comes from. That's not when it comes in the story. Her peace does not come with the child. Her peace comes when she is seen. When her pain and her anguish and all of the built up hurt and turmoil and struggle that has been eating at her to the point that she can't eat or drink or find joy, the ostracization of those around her, the bullying of other people, whenever all of that comes before God and is seen and is received in the presence of the Lord and of the high priest, she finds peace. This story comes with a lot of complications. It comes with a lot of complications because there are so many more and more each and every day women dealing with infertility. Women who want to be mothers but are unable to do so for a myriad of reasons. And how many times have women been told by the church that they're just not praying hard enough? Or that it must be God's will to teach them some lesson. The church has done a lot of harm to people. Just like people didn't understand Hannah. Just like Eli made assumptions about her before he received her story. We oftentimes do harm to others when they are in pain and anguish. But in this text, we receive a beautiful vision of what it means to be a sanctuary for people in their pain and anguish. What it means for the Lord's house and those of us who are sitting in it to receive the hurts and the struggles and the deep pain and trouble of those in our midst to receive that and to offer not words that dismiss, but words that offer a blessing of peace. Eli says, may you find peace in the Lord. He doesn't dismiss her. He doesn't try and offer a reasoning he offers a blessing of peace. And when she receives that, she is able to find it. I firmly believe 
that there is power and healing and peace found in telling our stories, in asking for help in our hurt and our tears and our anguish. And there is power and healing felt in someone else walking beside us through those difficult times. Healing happens when we are received by God and by one another. I recently had the opportunity to watch the movie Respect. It's a wonderful movie based on the life of the queen of soul, Aretha Franklin. And it has, of course, amazing music. Uh, the music of Aretha, the music that is energized, the music that is electric and exciting. But it also tells the story of Aretha's deep hurt and pain and struggle, her addictions, her abuse, the demons in her head that tear her down and tear her apart. But when she is down and torn apart, she is able to find healing in the church. She comes back to the choir director that she had known so many years ago. And now as, as a platinum artist, as the Aretha Franklin who has toured all over the world comes back to that place of her roots and seeks to lay herself bare before God and before one who loves her so dearly. And she is able to find healing in that moment. She is able to find healing by asking for help. <laughs> she is able to find peace from the turmoil and anguish that plagues her by laying herself bare before God. That's something that's hard for us to do, right? We live in a superhero movie culture where we want to be strong and we want to be the best and we want to take care of ourselves and we want to show everyone that we have it all together. But the truth is that none of us do. And we cannot find healing for those places of hurt and anguish and turmoil if we cannot lay ourselves bare and speak the truth from our souls before God and before trusted friends and neighbors and loved ones. But when we do, when we find the courage, because I believe that for Hannah, it took courage to go before God in this moment when she had been dismissed by so many. When we can find the courage to speak our struggle, to name our griefs, and those times and those moments and those persons and those things in our life that cause us pain, when we find the courage to speak that aloud, I believe we can find peace. So I want you to invite you to do something today. I want to invite you, place your, place your legs on the ground in front of you and place your palms out.
palms out and up. And here in a minute, I'm, I'm going to open up a time, and I just want you to name under your breath or in your heart. Name something that you are struggling with today. Perhaps it is ongoing stress from the pandemic. Perhaps it is a health issue of yourself or a loved one. Perhaps it is a grief. What is causing you struggle? What is causing you pain? I invite you to name that and offer it up to God in this moment. I invite you to pray with me. God, you know our hearts better than we do. You know our deepest hopes and our deepest fears. You know the struggles that we hide from the world and maybe even from ourselves. Hear the struggles of our hearts today. Hear our yearnings, hear our fears, hear our anxieties and receive them. Help us to receive the struggles of others as well, God. And as we share, and as we receive in the power of your love, grant us your peace and make a new way for us all.